welcome to the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast, where all things football are injected right to your veins. With your hosts, Matt Donnelly, Calvin Shoemake, and Jeff Mueller. What, what is up and welcome to an, an all new team spotlight series from the dynasty vipers and if you just take a look around we've got an all-star cast and we're going to talk about the washington football team i'm pumped to do this i'm excited to have a chance to talk to these guys who i'm going to introduce here in just a second before i do just a quick here's exactly what we're going to do today um with the dynasty vipers so we like to talk about dynasty fantasy football and calendar turns to january february and everybody starts talking about rookies and we should we should definitely think about the rookies and talent and all those things but we also want to look at the teams that they find themselves in so we're going to talk about coaching we're going to talk about off-season moves we're, we'll talk about the draft and what, what these guys think that their team will do what i love to do is have guys on who understand football understand fantasy football smart people who know what they're doing and nobody knows your team, like you know your team. So we're going to get them to talk about that, have them break it down before we do. Just want to give the, give you all a chance to uh, get to know who they are. So, uh, Robbie, let's start with you. Just tell everybody just who you are, where to find you. And uh, I'll have to limit to, some of you guys, I'll have to limit to just maybe your top three things you got going on because so, most of you guys are doing about a million things right now. Um, yeah. Uh, Run Boys Robbie, catch me uh, at Run Boys, spell with a Z N E T. Um, it's where you can find me on all social media, Run Boys Fantasy Network on TikTok, runboys.com. Just Google me. You can find me anywhere and everywhere. And uh, get up with us Super Bowl weekend. We about to get lit for you guys. Dilly dilly. Appreciate that. Uh, Jorge, let's toss it over to you. Tell everybody uh, who you are and uh, where they can find you and what you're working on. Well, first, thanks for having me on. Uh, so I'm Jorge Edwards. Uh, I'm the owner and creator of fantasyandframes.com. Uh, and the podcast host for Fourth and Frames, our fantasy football podcast. There, I've uh, been doing this for a few years. Just love fantasy football. You know, we're delving into dynasty this year. We have IDP, redraft, you name it. Uh, really excited to talk about Washington football, though, because as you said, there's nobody more passionate than us fans. Awesome, Chase. Kick it over to you. What? Uh, what? What's the you know top three things you're working on right now? Chase got the mute button. Oh yeah. Going. Mute button. I'm really good at this. I've actually done this before. I swear I've done this before. <laughs> What's going on, Calvin, man? How you been? It's been a minute. Hey, good. Now, we're sitting over there at Fantasy Intervention. Join our circle underscore over there on Twitter. We actually just launched our store today, which was absolutely insane. Uh, we've got everything from clothing with Viridian Global over there to stickers, pins, koozies, all sorts of crazy stuff. So that's pretty awesome. It's at fantasyintervention.com. Go show some support. And yeah, we've just been cranking stuff out, man. Like we have something like eight articles right now in the pipeline. Uh, three of what we call like these these quick shots that are in the pipeline, which are like shorter uh, segments about you know a player situation. And then we're going to be launching a brand new series. Well, we just launched another new series with taste testers. We're launching a brand new series with called the Bar Fight. Uh, it, it's just crazy, man. We got so much stuff going on. We're still doing four podcasts a week. We have one game show on Thursdays. It's just been nuts, man. It's been nuts. It's been crazy. 
it's cool to keep up with, and there's so many good things on your site right now. Like that uh, that article today from Cooter Doodle is awesome, <laughs> like just hilarious. And uh, yeah, make sure you guys check check them out. But what joins all of you guys here together is, and what you have in common, not only football but specifically the Washington Football Team. And it's a obviously a franchise with a lot of history. I'm wearing my Sean Taylor jersey right now. Mm-hmm. That I got, yeah. There you go. That's all worn out, though. Sean Taylor, yeah. baby. I got yeah, the old school. Too, I got the uh, old school one. You know, I got this back in like a couple years ago. Like I want to take it. Yeah, man. Save here. Look how faded. Yeah. <laughs> I just sleep on that hanger. I've, I've never watched a smug like once, honestly. <laughs> I have to, man. I get too crazy when I watch football, man. This shit gets messed up. So this is actually the first time I put it on uh, since he passed away. So thought I'd do it for the show. I dig. I dig. Some awesome history. Just give me a little bit of um, Chase. I'll just kick it back over to you, and we'll go back around the room the opposite way we uh, came in. Uh, just your your history with the team. A uh, little bit about what it's like to be a Washington football team fan. I'm actually not a fan right now. Okay, I renounced my fandom over the summer, and no, it's, it's something that you know. Although I say that I'm not a fan, I'm not going to buy any of their their merchandise or you know anything like that up until I start seeing a change. You know, especially starting with the the heads of the organization, but. You know, it, it's something I swear they're still always going to hold a place in my heart. I'm going to watch them every Sunday, you know, and, and, you know, root for them, of course. But been a fan ever since I was like, I don't know, five or six is when I started watching. So it's been 20, 26, 27 years or so that I've, I've been a fan of this team. All right. Uh, so I've been following this team since the last time they won a Super Bowl. So needless to say, uh, things have kind of gone a little downhill ever since. And I kind of disagree with Chase. I think what they've done since the summer and having one of the most of, uh, uh, diverse of uh, front offices uh, is pretty impressive. You know, they're, you know, they have a lot of damage control to do. I get it. It's not yeah. going to go away overnight, but they're making the appropriate strides I feel. And, you know, for the fan base, people want to say that, you know, they, uh, they won a, a horrible division. Yes. But you know what? Someone had to, and at the end of the day, are we really going to apologize for winning? I don't think we should. I think they should apologize to us so we could get a better draft pick, but it is. <laughs> um, First, I just want to say, uh, you know, cheer, cheers to me, cheers to you, shout out to the whole entire Dynasty Vipers crew. Um, I'm, I'm eternally grateful for, 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 for being a part of your show tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Um, second, I grew up in a family to where um, everybody everybody was was, was, was somehow, some way uh, affiliated with the NFC East. Uh, my uncle was a, was a New York Giants fan. Uh, my own birth father um was was a cowboys fan a stepdad he was a, a a giants fan you know so on and so forth uh, my brother's an eagles fan um me i i i align with my grandfather may he rest in peace uh he passed away back in 2010 uh grew up going to the games uh <laughs> you know, that's chase's dog yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's all good homie you know as soon as i hear him bark i got to the show yeah welcome to the uh, show but no nah, so so um grew up around the organization clubhouse seats you know i've, I've met schneider i've met daryl green um you know doug williams like like you know it's, it's, just, it's just kind of burgundy and gold just courses through my veins um so you know it's only right right to be here to be here and talk about it so it came up already. So let me just toss this out. So obviously, for the first time I can ever remember where we have a franchise with no name. I mean, it's a yeah. uh, it's the Washington football team. So obviously, that took a little bit of getting used to for everybody. And I'm like, I worked really hard to try and make sure I didn't slip up and say the other name 
in this podcast, but they have done a lot. To Jorge's point, they have actually made a little bit of strides. And then, uh, you know, this offseason, one of the first moves that they made was signing That's Jennifer amazing. King, assistant running back coach. Oh, yeah. Very amazing. first. Uh, she is the first black woman hired as a full-time coach ever in the history of the NFL. So there, it does seem like maybe there's been some moves, like you said, Jorge, um, maybe a little bit of, of uh, work that they obviously still have to do, but talk about 2020 and obviously, you know, the name, if you want to, you know, m mention on that, but just overall as a franchise, what was it like in 2020? Uh, I'll kick it, Jorge, I'll go with you first and then just uh, bounce it off of everybody else as we go. Well, as an overview, you know, let's go back to the summer, you know, like the name change, the scandal that was coming out in the Washington Post, uh, the mass exodus of fans leaving because they couldn't handle the name change, the the rapid name change to football team. I mean, I don't think anybody was expecting that. But at the same time, you know, you can't change something like that overnight. I'm, I'm glad they're doing their due diligence and trying to figure out what the new name is going to be. Um, but, you know, I, I want to say that this team, you know, it overachieved. In certain respects, I think uh, the best thing we can take away from this season is, as Aaron Rodgers said about the Packers last year, uh, we got a defense. And uh, we're pretty darn good on defense. You know, we have some holes to fix on offense. But you know what? They showed a lot of grit, you know, from the storylines of Coach Rivera battling cancer to I think all of us as Washington fans uh, breathed a huge sigh of relief when Alex Smith took that first sack from Aaron Donald and got up and was okay. Uh, we can only imagine what his wife and family were thinking during that game. Uh, just a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of good things going on, a lot of it rising above adversity for this team. Uh, couldn't be more proud of them. Hop in, Chase. Yeah, I mean, sitting there, and I don't want to harp on this for, for too much, obviously, but, you know, for them to sit there and have to be forced to change their name is ridiculous. And for them not to have a backup plan when we already knew that was coming – like this, this should have already been fixed. Like this should have already been prepared, ready to go. Like you shouldn't have to fight with a, a what is it, a realtor or whatever he was that ended up owning about twenty of the possible team names that he just ended up buying. Like there was, I mean, literally, it was just like, why is this an issue now? Why wasn't this fixed prior to? And it all just kind of came to a head along with the scandals that were happening too. So, you know, it's just a dysfunctional franchise, and that's something that if you're going to be a fan of it, you just have to come to, to grips with. And you know, hopefully we see that change, but everything from a glue in, you know, with the power struggle and getting fired all the way to the decision to play RG3 a little bit too soon. And it's it's not like nothing has changed, even with the the changes made in the front office with with Bruce Allen coming in with the head coaching changes. Everything has stayed the exact same and it starts up at the head. It starts up at the head of the organization. But when it comes to 2020 real quick, um, I thought it was encouraging that they did have some standout studs. I thought that the whole Trent Williams handling thing is very disappointing because we definitely needed an offensive lineman, which I'm sure we're going to dive into. But there are so many holes on this offense that it's going to take more than a couple of years before this team is ready to compete. And it gets me a little bit worried because a lot of these defenders, first round you know, draft picks and whatnot on the defensive line are going to try and demand some hefty contracts. Now, you know, we could talk about the contracts and whatnot as the show goes on, but it's very encouraging to see some of these studs stick out, but at the same sense, it's also a little bit discouraging that we do have so many holes on the offense. Um, so I mean, go, go touch, touch, touch on, on you know, for, for, first the, the the name the the name thing. Um, yeah, we should have definitely had, had had a backup plan, but as we saw in recent events this past week that have not a thing to do with football, the internet is undefeated, and when you say that, hey. We're going to change our name. 
and there is some very wealthy uh, uh i believe he was an attorney that lived in alex in alexander yeah. arlington I'm, i apologize he lived in arlington he lived in arlington virginia i want to make sure i i i quote the story correctly from the washington post they were, I lived in Arlington, Virginia, nice penthouse type of guy. You know that this guy is loading, right? And buys out all of the rights <laughs> to not one, not two, but like 13 Everyone. different <laughs> names. Like, like buys the rights. So, you know, we have to wait for the year. And, you know, now now we're trying to, you know, see what's going to happen with that because now that, 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 that's up. So first things first, always make sure that you license, you LLC, you know, all, all that good stuff. Football aside, that's just business 101, guys, okay? Yep. Um, the fact that you didn't do that, Washington, and your legal team wasn't <laughs> on that, that's shame on you. Shame me once, you know, for me, you know, shame me twice, you know what I'm saying, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that, that that's just with the damn thing, and I, and I, and I like that, that, there, that there's a little bit of humor behind that, that, that headline. Now with the organization moving forward in 2020, I like that you touched on a little bit, Chase, there about, you know, the past and, and Alan and, and things of those nature. But now here we are in 2020. You mentioned Jennifer King, Cal. I would like to bring up the hire of Mayhew coming from from uh, from 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 San Fran. Um, I think that that is a impressive hire. You have Rivera there as the head coach. This is now becoming an organization. And maybe the name change, not even maybe, it's clear that the name change had some influence on a lot of these minority hires within the organization. I think that this is that, that, that this is beautiful, not just beautiful from that standpoint, from the social justice standpoint, but also beautiful from the standpoint of we are getting football people running the football team. How coincidental is this? We did not have that before in the previous regime that, that Chase had mentioned during his take. And now we have it. I could not be more more excited. It's a shame we missed out on Stafford, but there are plenty more options for us to go go for. I think we get us a wide receiver too. You know, to compliment McMorn, Marvin Jones, hit me up, answer my tweets, dog. Let's go. <laughs> um, and then you know we get us a wide receiver too. Compliment, you know, uh, uh, McMorn, and then at the, we're, we're back to, to 2015, back to being a quarterback away. So that that same conversation now comes up again. I have an idea for a wide receiver too that I want to mention to all you guys later in the show, but I'll save that. That'll be a, a little Love tease it. and I'll see how you, how you guys feel about it as we go on. But, um, so I want to start, we, we started right there at the top with the name, with the, um, you know, I feel like that's just something that's part of the story. I mean, obviously in 2020, that's, um, part of what happened in Washington football. I mean, that's got to talk about that. And I want to go down like from the top of the organization to the head coaching and just want to get a taste around the room. Just scale of one to ten, confidence level in Ron Rivera, Robbie. I will say it is seven and a half. Can I, can I, am I allowed to do decimals? Can I, can I go seven point yeah. five? Okay, yeah. Then I'll go with the decimals seven point five. Um, I, I he's he did some great things in Carolina, and his his defensive expertise clearly transitioned. That that he didn't lose a single step in that. How are we going to bring along this offense begins to be the question. And that goes into my, my, my take earlier. I think we saw, we saw the wide receiver two thing first at the very least. Maybe risk it to get the biscuit with Henneke this year and then continue for the, um, you know, from there we find out, we find a quarterback or maybe we draft something. Who knows? Jorge. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to, I'll go an eight. I'll keep with the whole numbers here. 
I think the the mishandling of the quarterback situation during training camp that kind of set this team back this season a little bit. You know, you talk about development, 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 and then all of a sudden, no, we're in win now mode. We'll make up your mind, uh, and they kind of kept that same mantra throughout the season. It's kind of remarkable that things kind of gelled together when they did, um, and how they did in 2020. But uh, definitely, definitely the, the training camp uh, debacle has me with a little bit less confidence. Chase, you're stroking your beard down there. You, you've probably got something genius to say right now. Let's go. Hit me with it. Uh, well, it's not just that. I mean, so I like Ron Vera. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not like a huge fan of his. I'm not like, oh, my God, he's amazing. But, you know, I, I'd say six or seven, you know, is where the confidence should lie. I mean, he, overall, he wasn't uh, somebody that, that really dominated in Carolina. He had a couple good seasons. And to be honest with you, he had a losing record coming out of, out of that. Or he had lost more seasons than he had uh, winning seasons. So that's not very promising. Now the players obviously love him, right? Like the players, you know, will go out on a, a limp for him and fight for him. But at the same stretch, he also kind of creates an abrasive atmosphere uh, around him that some players don't always buy into. So when I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it and I'm trying to figure out, you know, where I kind of like want to base it, I, I started looking at his decision making and tra- uh, trading away Quentin Gun. Uh, excuse me, trading away Quentin Dunbar for a fifth round pick and he was the number two graded overall cornerback on the season, he could have fit right in, helped out, and it would have allowed uh it would allow Kendall Fuller to play a little bit more in the slot instead of outside as much as he did. Instead, Jimmy Moreland got burned from time to time on the inside. Now that was questionable. Then he had certain play calls that were questionable throughout the season. Like I believe there was one opportunity where he went for two instead of tying the game, you know, no risk and no biscuit type app, you know, atmosphere. Listen, like certain players don't always love that if they feel like their defense, especially the way that it plays has an opportunity to win them the game. Our defense always gave us the opportunity to win the game. In fact, they pretty much won the game for us in multiple opportunities. So the risk and no biscuit thing does apply to an extent, but you don't have uh, you know, a good offense in order enough to be risking it like that on a regular basis. So there are so many different opportunities that I, or calls that I feel like he blew, whether it was, you know, in the back office or, you know, up front, like for example, trading the, the same fifth round we got or the, the fifth round pick for Kyle Allen. Like that just wasn't a trade that made sense to me, although he does know the system that he was bringing in. So it was it just was interesting. A lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, I, I don't know if this joke is solid enough, a lot of living up to his nickname of, Riverboat gambling yep. on, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. But the, yeah. that's not the type of guy that I want to install confidence in. Yeah. I want somebody that's in, uh, you know, a, a smart football player that's going to follow the analytics, not somebody that says, hey, we're going to roll out, you know, this offense who has two playmakers on the entire offense versus letting your defense go back out in the field. It was just, it was just small calls like that that kind of got to me a few times. It made me question his coaching abilities. Now, do I think he's a good coach? Yes, I think he's a very good coach. I think he's a very good teacher, which is very important. You've seen him develop multiple different players over in Carolina, which is something that I look at big time, is the development of your players. He was able to develop guys like Quan Short and, uh, and Josh Norman. And, and, you know, literally I could just go off in an endless stream of players he was able to develop, which is something that Washington has not been able to do in years and years like we i mean when was the last time that we drafted a player who you know had a ton of potential and became an all-star cameron curl i think is going to be that guy yeah i 100 percent believe that, that cameron that, curl is going to be that guy in two years i think once they have a fir- more friendly uh cap hit number with landon collins right now i think next year is his last year of double digit cap uh, dead cap situation um, so yeah. You said the magic word cap. Let's talk about cap situation because there is a lot um, of good news when it comes to the cap situation when with the Washington football team because 
they are $33 million under the cap. Now, you mentioned the defense, the strong defense. Um, there are a couple of players, but they're older. I mean, it's it's kind of the older guys, Ryan Kerrigan, yeah. the Thomas Davis, um, uh, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, Ronald Darby. Ronald Darby is only 27, but you know those are kind of the... Um, on the defensive side, the unrestricted free agents that, that you know you may or may not sign or bring back. Maybe you can you know mention that. It seems like the big one is Brandon Scherf uh, at 30 years old, uh, right there. You know, offensive line. Chase, you alluded to it. Would you say with this team, we're going to leave quarterback out of it for just a second because I want to talk a lot about the quarterback. But just would you say the offensive line that's maybe where the the biggest need on the team is to as far as drafting and obviously quarterback but after that yeah i mean by far the the biggest need is going to be offensive line and you know you have like joe thuny out there who's an option to replace brandon sheriff if he doesn't end up you know fitting in or whatever the case is but i mean there, there are options out there to try and piece together an offensive line but we saw how that worked with the jets this past year where you know they, they did spend some money on some free agents they drafted a couple guys and the jets offensive line was still brutal because it takes time to develop and that's one of the things that you know i'm focusing on when i'm doing my research was looking at teams who piece together offensive lines whether it be through the draft or whatever the case is it, it takes a while to get these guys all on the same page and not having bill callahan man that that's a significant blow to this franchise letting him walk and go to uh the browns you know it's kind of funny. I actually wanted to get um, uh, Kevin Stefanski as our head coach and keep Bill Callahan on as the uh, offensive line coach slash assistant head coach. And yeah, they, they both ended up with the Browns. But sitting there and looking at it, I mean, they could end up reworking some of these contracts and actually opening up even more cap space than you know what's just there on paper. I mean, we're sitting there, we're looking at it. You know, if we cut Alex Smith, we're talking about saving $14 million. I don't know that they would do that. I personally would. Uh, you know, you're sitting there, you're looking at Morgan Moses and being able to rework his deal. Uh, that can end up saving us a couple million a year. We could work out uh, a rework Matt Ioannidis' deal. Wes Schwitzer, if we just, you know, decide to stick with him and make him, you know, one of our starting offensive linemen. I mean, there's just literally like contract after contract after contract where we can save at least a couple million. And we're talking about probably walking into 2021 if they rework these contracts correctly with maybe close to like 50 or 60 million, very similar to what it was last year before we blew all of our money on Landon Collins. Yeah. The more you turn over the details on the contracts, it does seem like the more excited you get for what moves that they could make. It could be a team that uh, just quietly has a, a just a, a monster offseason. And I know like, for years, it was like, oh, Washington's going to try and win the offseason. But it does seem like they're in a position to actually maybe do, do some good and do. So, Jorge, I, I want to just start with you on this because I, I think I cut you off on, on the last one. So I'm going to go, go back to you. But let's talk about the quarterbacks because Chase mentioned there, Alex Smith, you could cut him and save $14 million. Uh, it does sound like Alex Smith is excited to play next year. He wants to come back. He felt like his body responded well to playing this year. So... Lots of interesting comments there. But obviously, Washington is pretty aggressive going after quarterbacks right now. Lots of reports about what they offered to Detroit for Matt Stafford. They uh, seem to be in on you know other big-name quarterbacks that are out there right now or maybe even not publicly out there, but they're trying to see if they can do something. What, what do you think with the quarterback position? Where do you think this team uh, ultimately lands on day one, 2021? 
Well, first, I think the starting quarterback for Washington is not on this roster right now. I, I agree with you. I think Alex Smith is definitely – he's going to have to take a pay cut or they're going to have to restructure something because they're not going to pay him what he's being paid right now, first and foremost. I also – I don't think that, you know, as much as, you know, us Washington fans would love for the big splashy trade for Deshaun Watson, oh, my gosh, can you imagine? That would set us back so much. I, like I, That just sounds stupid to me. At the same time, I'm looking at Ron Rivera, you know, an older coach. You know, he just – he just beat cancer. You know, his coaching years are probably fewer and far between. Do you really think he wants to settle for a rookie quarterback or a developmental project at this point in his career? His defense is kind of, is, is solid. If anything, I would see them trying to address, you know, their deficiency at free safety, to be honest with you. Hmm. Um, you know, as far as quarterbacks are concerned, as far as options, you know, we look at, here's, here's a name that I'm just going to throw out there that I would totally be fine with. I would totally be fine with Ryan Fitzpatrick being a one-year stopgap for a quarterback, maybe even a Jameis Winston, you know, as a, as a yes. free agent. Uh, just get it's one of those things we have to decide if you're the front office. Do you want to solidify the thing you're good at, or do you want to be good at be okay at little things? And I think really their defense, their up front, their pressures, um, just so good. They're just so good. They were good in coverage. They're good against the run, good against the pass. Uh, they were like I think top five in finishes in all these categories when it comes to first down uh, percentage allowed. Um, yeah, I, I'm more concerned about the defense to be honest with you than I am the quarterback situation. They'll get that quarterback situation figured out pretty soon. Robbie, could the world handle Jameis Winston in the hands of Riverboat Ron? Um, I think we could handle. I think I think we could we could handle um you know a Jameis Winston even you know we don't even have to go that far you know we could go 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 a Bridgewater uh, we could go a, a Fitzpatrick uh, I gotta say I, I gotta say 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 uh, George is it George or Jorge uh, Jorge Jorge okay I, hey so Dominicano so I gotta make sure Papi you know <laughs> I, you know so I just gotta make sure oh uh, <laughs> no, no 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 you know hey hey Jorge I, I I love what you said about Fitzpatrick I gotta ask man maybe you checked out you know some some previous Rum Boys content like around like from <laughs> twelve on you know what I'm saying Pip because that's the exact same thing that I had said Fitzpatrick coming in as a one year starter I don't mind us even going for 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 a a, a thirty for thirty ESPN special twenty twenty vision Jameis I'm okay with that. Uh, anyone and everyone but Alex Smith at this point, because I, I you were the comeback story, but and, and as a reporter, I, I love having a good storyline. Feed me that all day, but mm -hmm. I can't live off of storylines as a fan. As a fan, I want us to bring in a guy that, hey, even if we got to wait a year and then find that that guy in the draft, you know, in 2022, we can do that. Um, I don't think that for 2021, we should maybe go and get a quarterback, or if we do have that guy maybe sit behind one of the veteran names that I mentioned, or even Jameis. Yeah, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it and like, I don't see why they would bring in, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick if we already have Alex Smith. Like, I don't think that's that much of an upgrade for a system that Ron Rivera wants to run. A I know that he is. I feel like that is an upgrade. I feel like that that is an upgrade, an upgrade from someone that had a gimp leg. To yeah. tuck well, yeah, down five yards down the field to this guy who, who can air it out at least still in his career. I think that Alex Smith still can air it out. The issue was the the time allowed in the pocket. You know, they were getting constant pressure. And I'm not saying that Alex Smith is, you know, he was airing it out his last year with the Chiefs. And I'm not saying that he was ready to do it this past year, but with another offseason to be able to heal up, to be able to strengthen that leg, to be able to plant. I mean, you're talking about, you know, I, I just don't see it as that much of an upgrade. And when you have 10 million in dead cap, and then you bring on another quarterback that's going to cost what? 
will probably cost at least 10, 20 million or so, uh, if not 18, maybe. Might be able to get him for 18. So you're talking about now investing almost 30 million into the quarterback position. I know it's a stopgap. I know we should have plenty of cap space, but that's just not the direction I would hope to go. I see I, one of them. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I see. I saw one of my riders, and they're like, they're like, would you guys take a chance on Wentz or Hurts? Yeah, I take a chance on that up next. Yeah, uh, I take a chance on Hurts, but Wentz. Yeah. I don't know. About <laughs> go, go somewhere, Lieutenant Dan. Yeah. So. Sitting there, but sitting there looking at it, I love the Jameis Winston take to an extent. Uh, you know, it, it would still make me nervous being a fan, and then also not having an offensive line. But the th the biggest thing that's going to scare me, the number one thing that's going to scare me that I cannot deal with again, is Washington going in and taking another rookie quarterback without having an offensive line. I mean, yes. dude, Patrick Ramsey, first round pick, couldn't mm -hmm. stay in the pocket, ended up having like you know what do they call it, like dancing feet or whatever, like. I mean, uh, he was kind of taking footloose. He was footloose. Yeah, like he, <laughs> he, he couldn't. Like, yeah, he was dancing because he was afraid to get hit. Jason Campbell, afraid That's to get hit. Yeah. So much. You know, we sit there, we look at uh, who was the next one. RG three obviously got hurt. Yeah. And we have Dwayne Haskins, who didn't have an offensive line and like didn't wasn't able to develop the proper ways. You know, and I don't. I didn't like Dwayne Haskins. That was my least favorite pick out of all those guys. I hated yeah. Dwayne Cousins. Haskins. Pick. I thought we should have gone with Dillard. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so we, we could develop a right tackle, and then when Trent Williams was ready to move on with his contract, which should have been this year, by the way, he would have slid over to left tackle. So that's what I was really uh, you know, hoping for when it came to you know, building this offensive line. But how many times are we going to put a rookie quarterback back there without an offensive line? And a lot of people are talking about Mac Jones, and I don't think Mac Jones can handle that because he's been behind a clean pocket the entire, you know, his entire career, I guess. You know, or I should say year and a half in college, you know, with Alabama. So it, it, it would just scare the hell out of me. And that's the one direction I don't want them to go with. I mean, they gave up the second most sacks in the league last year. And that's, it's, yeah, I don't want to put a rookie back there either. I wouldn't wish that on anybody, to be honest with you. But that's yeah, why I'm, I'm going back to Fitzpatrick versus Smith. You're drawing that comparison again. You know, there's one thing I can trust Fitzpatrick to do scramble. I can't trust mm -hmm. Alex Smith to scramble. And I don't I think he's as, as expensive as you think he might be. I can so see Ron Rivera liking a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, you know, we, we, I, I spent years, um, I, I'm a Saints fan, so years uh, going against Ron Rivera and kind of, it just seems like that would fit a little bit. But look, we're like five minutes into the quarterback conversation. Nobody mentioned Taylor Henneke. I'm a little disappointed. I got to be honest with you. I, I think I did mention earlier in the episode so far that, that, that if we need to get the biscuit, we can roll out with Henneke. He got a T-shirt out of this deal with Fanatics, with him, you know, reaching over the pylon to score the touchdown. He got his moment. He's a great Gosh. backup option, but I wouldn't put my starting hopes in him. I'm actually going to get the Henneke get a chance. You know, I'm definitely going to get the Henneke shirt where it's him reaching across the goal line and his group trying to stop it. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's funny. <laughs> okay, give me the yes or no. Just a gut reaction, yes or no, on this. We know there's history. Cam Newton. No. Uh, no, no, because he could have traded for Cam Newton with a fifth round pick, and he traded for Kyle Allen instead, and then Cam Newton was released like two days later. So if he wanted Cam Newton, he could have gotten him with a fifth round pick for sure. Thought that is good stuff, man. I like it. Jorge, same thing. In terms of yeah, uh, no, no, I want to stay away <laughs> as far away from Cam Newton as possible. Yeah, no, no, no we don't want him. I, I, don't, yeah, I no. want to make sure that no. I don't want him. <laughs> no, There's no way we end up with him. There's no way. No matter yeah. what the Washington fan is, we all have some way that we all like, like, like find something that we all agree on. Like, there's That's always true. one thing. Absolutely. Oh, um, 
I'm a little surprised the Deshaun Watson thing kind of got shut down a little bit. You guys seem to be more excited oh. to have like Ryan Fitzpatrick than Deshaun I, Watson. I'm a little surprised. I, I have a reason. That. Okay. I have a reason. Okay, go ahead. My reasoning is because I don't necessarily I, all right. One, I know that we need the draft picks, so I don't want us to hurry up and give up the draft picks. But if we had to go and get Watson and let's say we did it and indulge in that conversation. Cool, I'm okay with auctioning off some draft, some, some draft picks. The second you start looking at our defense, and that's what's already winning us games, and I realize that I'm like, oh, snap, we got to possibly send you Montez Sweat. I'm not with that. No. Yeah, no. Said, no. I think somebody said that they would want two first, two seconds, and then two defensive starters. Who are you taking out of the starting defense that you're okay with parting ways with? I, I think everyone you – know, maybe ooh, maybe Landon Collins if they absorb that contract, and then you got Cameron Curl so coming that was, in. Yeah, I'd be okay with uh, doing a sign trade with with Ryan Kerrigan, right? Where you know we we franchise tag him essentially, and then we send Ryan Kerrigan, Landon Collins. But I haven't seen the cap hit on that, so I I don't want to get too far ahead of myself with that one. And then um, if they want to take on Matt Ioannidis and then one first round pick, that's okay. I feel like I feel like that'd be probably the most logical because we get we 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 lose some age. Um, yep. and I think that Cam Curl is the future, anyways. By the way, um, being that we are on a dynasty show, if you guys in the chat are in the dynasty league with me and this IDP, send Cameron Curl my way. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, Matt Ionitis is uh, is would be a three million dollar uh cap hit, Landon Collins would be 18.8, so that would be the tough pill to swallow. Uh, mm -hmm. Meanwhile, we wouldn't see a cap hit from Kerrigan, so I mean, you know, you're talking about having a 21 million dollar cap hit. Plus, bringing in Sean Watson. But Sean Watson, you have to remember, has never had an offensive line, and he still played at all-star levels. Now, injury concern gets me a little bit, but I think that he can deal with not having an offensive line, um, you know, better than any other quarterback probably out there that, that we could bring in. And so if there was one person I'd be okay, like if there were the three guys that I could sit there and send over to them and then add in a first-round draft pick, and they would take that, which I think is worth it for both sides. It essentially rebuilds their defense almost. And they get a draft pick from it. I don't see why not. Well, well, what makes it more worth it? More, more worth it is we're giving you experienced players already. You're not having to worry about getting them up to the speed of the game. So we're going to give you some, 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 some defensive, you know, guys that can train the practice squad guys for a couple of years. You know, be some uh, give give you some leadership. You're probably gonna, you know, have have to move on. You are going to have to move on past JJ Watt more than likely. So, I mean, we're helping you out there on, on, on that standpoint whenever you have to move on past him. Um, so that works out for them. We get Watson. Watson, to now go along with what you said about the offense, Chase, you've already done it without an offensive line. As long as you got yeah. a 4-4-4, four, 4-3 four, 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 Terry McLaurin, and we can bring over, I don't know, uh, Corey Davis, uh, Marvin Jones. I, like I really want I, – I really want – I want Marvin Jones Jr. more as a wide receiver too. But I mean, if we can get one of those guys, or even uh, I'll take a flyer on Valdez Cantley. But if we can get one of those three, yeah, and boom, like you know, I'm I'm with this. I I, I like it, Chase. I, I do want to add in one more thing. We add in another first round pick in 2022, and we also get JJ Watt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the conservative one in the group and say, you know what? Stick stick to stick. Uh, what words stick to keep building your team as you have been doing it it's working so far uh i look i get it watson is watson and everyone can eat sing to the high praises what did he lead the league in passing yards this year besides being the most sacked quarterback yeah uh, like the, the talent is undeniable but um 
let's say they don't address offensive line again. I mean, I, I, I understand your point, Chase, as far as like he's done well with a bad offensive line, but you know, the odds aren't in your favor over the course of a career that you play your entire career behind a bad offensive line and bad things aren't going to happen. I agree with that real quick, just to sit there and throw it out. I believe I'm trying to look it up. But my computer slows hell when I'm on live streams, Matt, Ioannidis, I think he's on the last year of his contract, right? Or did he resign a new one? Uh, he's unrestricted this or let me go. Yeah. He has yeah, 3 million in dead cap space. If we, if we cut him in 2021. Yeah, this is so 2022 contract. Yep. So we'll lose him after this. Oh no, we have one more year before we lose him. So yeah, he's got two years left. Yeah, I didn't write him down as one of your uh, free yeah. agents that needed to be re-signed, re but uh, in 2019 he signed a he signed a three year deal. So okay, that's what it was. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Robbie, let me uh, toss this one out to you. Um, yeah. Obviously, brand new running back, whoever is going to be the quarterback, is going to like having uh, a really a, a really nice two headed attack with JD McKissick and Antonio Gibson. Mm -hmm. um, Talk a little bit about like we had no idea what Antonio Gibson was going to be. He had 33 carries. We could guess. We could take you know. We could everybody could give their opinion on what it could look like. But man, I think it looked better than even maybe his most optimistic supporters. I I love Antonio Gibson. Uh, as a Washington fan, what did you see when you watched him? Um, I, I, I at first it, it, it took a minute to, for, for for me to warm up because I also used to play football. Um, I played I played overseas when I was in the military, so. I, I kind of saw that 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 slow progression where it's like you're trying to use him just like CMC. Why not just use him like like, like, like the person that he is, like, like 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 Gibson? You know, stop trying to just use him like CMC. And I think after a while, he he got he kind of came into his own. And I want to say that the biggest eye opener for me was Thanksgiving Day. That's when I was like, mm -hmm. we can rock with you. You're the future of our backfield. Um, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think I think that it that it took him a while to get it, get his NFL legs underneath him. But I think that for dynasty owners out there, they should be ecstatic if they already have him. Um, and if you don't have him, I, that would be someone I'd be trying to go out and get. So I'm going to kind of disagree slightly with what you're saying. <laughs> I, I look, I love look. We all on this panel love the the Thanksgiving game, but you know Dallas wasn't exactly slowing anybody down this year either. So, kind of, so but that being said, like the talent is undeniable. What concerns me is his reception upside with J.D. McKissick still being there. Uh, you know, Washington was 25th in the NFL in rushing attempts, uh, 28th in yards per carry. They were good on first down percentage, though, and getting first down. So it makes me wonder, is this team going to really commit to their running back situation, running the ball versus passing to the ball, passing the ball to the running backs in coverage? And with, excuse me, with McKissick being there, with this being more of a pass-oriented team, you know, if they don't up his, you know, targets, that's going to concern me at least from like a real football perspective as well as a fantasy football perspective. I, I think that 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 it, that, it, that 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 we will begin to commit more towards run one because of because of McKissick's age, two mm. because Gibson, like I said, he finally I felt like he finally started coming into his own. He also did 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 well against the Bucks, I believe, uh, against Tampa. What was it, seventy four yards or something like that? Not not in the playoff game, but a preview to that. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so, I mean, I, I, have no, 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 no qualms with, qualms with, with, with uh, Gibson. Uh, but I, I do, I do see what you're saying. Uh, I guess short-term versus long-term, you know, investments, like, like you said, for, from a dynasty perspective, like three, four years, five years down the road, like, yeah, he could definitely pay dividends for somebody, you know, for a short-term stopgap. I'm, 
I'm a little concerned, especially like, you know, Chase, you keep going back to it. Like if they don't address this offensive line, then, you know, he's not going to be running against anybody. You know, the, the NFC East, you know, the, the Eagles, they were uh, one of the better offense, uh, defensive lines against the run. Um, you know, we're good when we're taking on talent that we should be beating. That's that's something I think was different this year than, than other previous years. We beat the teams that we're, we were supposed to beat. Too bad mm -hmm. we weren't playing more of them. Um, the question is, you know, we're not beating the teams that we're not supposed to beat. Uh, you look at the Pittsburgh game, Pittsburgh's front seven, really good, but they weren't you know, running the ball that much because they weren't that effective with Gibson. They had to throw the ball to McKissick more. Uh, and, I mean, at the end of the day, as a, as a Washington oh, – see, I almost slipped up right there. As a Washington fan, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take the win however I can get it, right? Um, yeah. At the same time, it gives me a little bit of pause for the short term what his value is. I've seen some uh, early uh, mock drafts for redraft. I know I'm talking redraft and we're not, we just got to February right. uh, where he's going in the late second round, third round. That kind of concerns oh, me. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't do second round. I mean, yeah. yeah. That, 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 like third round. Right. No, exactly. That's, that's where I'd feel more comfortable selecting them. Um, so I don't know. That, that's just my take on that. That look, the talent is there. I'm not going to deny that. I just, he's an RB two. He's a fantasy RB two. God, stop it. All right. You guys real quick. You guys know what position he played in college, right? He wasn't a running back. He was a wide receiver. He was receiver. a receiver. He was a he wide receiver. That is running back, but he was a wide receiver. I mean, Kenny Gainwell, who's going to be probably the, the third, maybe fourth best running back, you know, off the board in this upcoming draft, you know, took over the, the backfield. He's a he's a wide receiver. You know, so sitting there and looking at it, what do wide receivers not have to do? Pass block. So guess what? They're going to take him out on potential passing plays because they can't sit there and say, hey, you, you have to go out on every single passing opportunity. So they're going to put in J.D. McKissick, who's a, you know, a veteran who is probably a better pass blocker, although a lot smaller, you know, and a lot less, you know, strength to him. They're going to take, they're, they're not going to sit there and show their hand. So when it comes to uh, Gibson, he's going to get work in the passing game this upcoming season. The Redskins, oh, I just slipped up. Thanks a lot, dude. Now you got me. <laughs> <laughs> the Washington yeah. football team, the Washington football team, they're sitting there and they're, uh, you know, they can they can move on from them and only incur a half million dollars in dead cap space while saving a million. Jaden McKissick probably won't even be there next year, Antonio, Antonio Gibson is going to have that role as he three down back and he's going to dominate. Antonio Gibson is a top ten, a top ten uh, dynasty running back. And even for redraft, I would contemplate putting them there. But, you know, obviously I want to see what happens as we get close to the season. What I, I'm more concerned about is finding a goal or them drafting a goal line back and mm -hmm. his goal line touches being diminished because they don't want to beat up, beat him up, you know, trying to, to run mm -hmm. some of these tougher routes. So like a player like Jordan mm -hmm. Howard or something where, you know, they could vulture goal line touches is more what I'm concerned about. But once he has a full offseason to work with the coaching staff, and work on his technique and blocking. The dude's not small. He can definitely handle some of these linebackers. What is he I, like? Two uh, uh, twenty, I think. Yeah, like two twenty-eight, two thirty. He's 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 a bowling ball. He's a, he's, he's a built like ball a great house, man. Like he yeah. is ready to rock and roll. He just needs to, to work on his technique because he's never yeah. had to do it. I'm saying he's an RB two because I prefer for me to have you know Camara, Henry. Cook, or just above that, you know. I, I'm gonna go for for the prestige first, and then I'm 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 an RB heavy type of guy. So I'm a. I, I have, I have Gibson right after Cooker Zeke. I don't remember where I exactly have, but it's right after it's right after those guys. I have them. I have them seven right after Barkley. God, you got Barkley you, at six. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, Steffi Smalls, if she was here, she'd tear you up. <laughs> um, 
So, Jorge, let me kick, kick this over to you then, because you mentioned the draft a couple of times. Just what are your expectations or what are your hopes that when the draft is over, Washington walks away with filling what? Uh, for me, it's the uh, free safety position. You know, uh, the secondary definitely was their Achilles heel this year, even though they played lights out. At the end of the day, when it comes to big play situations, they just weren't getting it done at the free safety position. Uh, Chase, you had mentioned, you know, Ronald Darby and Jimmy Moreland. And I think from an IDP dynasty perspective, I think Jimmy Moreland is definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, that being said, his target volume wasn't there. And so what do we talk about with IDP? You know, you got to have the opportunity to make plays. Hey, make plays. Points. So if you're not getting targeted, then I don't see his value skyrocketing. Um, that being said, uh, Darby, he had, uh, you know, both of these cornerbacks, Darby and Moreland, they're, um, They've allowed a quarterback rating of, I think, 81 around there, which is pretty good considering the average, I believe, is like 89, 88, 89. Um, but uh, I see Darby getting re-signed. I think he earned it on his one-year prove-it deal, uh, which really leaves the free safety position. I don't think they're going to transition Cam Curl over there. Why take that skill set and completely negate it at the free safety position? Uh, a rookie that I'm kind of interested in is our Darius Washington out of TCU. Uh, every report I've read about him says he's basically, you know, in the huddle of the offense. He like knows where they're going. He's breaking on balls before they even throw the ball. Like it's like, he's clairvoyant almost he's projected currently to go in rounds two or three, but if they're really serious about addressing this defense and shoring things up in this draft, I see no reason why you would pass up on this talent, uh, uh with a first round pick potentially. Um, Robbie, let me ask you this. Cause so have you looked a lot at the draft and some of the rookies coming in the wide receivers? Yes, and I, I have a, a huge uh, football man crush pause moment on uh, Kadarius Tony right now. Yes, as long, as long as he can, as long oh as he can, you have to become his friends. Oh my yeah. god! All right, hey, so Chase, hear me out, hear me out, right? Hear me out. <laughs> so let's say we don't do the Marvin Jones. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge wide receiver buff. Like, I, I play wide receiver, I'm a diva wide receiver, right? Um, if we do not go for any of these free agent wide receivers, which I don't know why we wouldn't. That's exactly who I want. That's a second, exactly second round, right? Second, yeah, maybe second, third. Second, yeah, second or third. Yeah. I don't know if he's gonna fall to the third. The only thing that I, the only thing that I think that he falls to the third is because we didn't have a combine this year. And when he broke on, on I believe it was, I, I want to say, I want to say it was, a, it, was, it was, it was a deep post. It was a deep post route. When he broke on that deep post route during the Senior Bowl warmups, and he dropped the ball. Well, he, he should be targeting the deep passing game anyways, man. He's a slot guy. He has, I, I he has a human joystick for real. Like, if you've ever seen a human joystick, I, that is him. I know. I, I know. I, I know. But I, but I, I know that I, I know how, how, how NFL execs and scouts, like, they're going to look at that one thing and I'm like, ah. Uh, but then I know there's also something that I'm like, oh, well, that was just one play. You know, look at everything else. They're going to do exactly what you just did. And I'm like, he's a human joystick. Let's go for him in round two. You know, I think he will be there in round two. That's who I want. And – yeah, I'm sticking with that. It's on special teams, too. I mean, he's he's one of the guys that, you know, once you get past that top layer that I'm most confident is going to contribute. And there are times where I was watching him where I thought, this looks like Allen Iverson crossing a guy up and, you know, stepping back. <laughs> he was like, tough, too, man. He would run people over. That shit was insane. Yeah. Kadarius Tony, like, I, I'm huge on Kenny Gainwell, and I'm huge on Kadarius hey. Tony. Those two people, like, I'm, I'm smashing draft. Well, not for Washington, but, you know, as a whole. Now... Let me real quick address the deep ball thing because it was actually kind of crazy. I did a study um, mm -hmm. back like half – it was like three-quarters of the way through the season. 
because um, I do DFS. So I try to study, you know, deep passing plays and everything like that. And I noticed that explosive pass play rates, Washington ranked towards the the uh, towards the bottom or towards the top in ones allowed. Like plays over 20 yards, they actually didn't allow a ton. They were really good at not allowing yeah, plays really, yeah. over 20 yards. However, yards of 40 and more or plays of 40 yards or more, they were second worst. Or they allowed the second most. And yards in plays of 50 or more, they allowed the most. So it was like you know, like if they were going to get behind the defense, they were gone. Like there was no chance. Like, but those, you know, intermediate routes that normally resulted in the 20 yard plays didn't happen as much. So to Corey's point, you know, free safety is definitely a position of need, but I feel like that's something that I'd rather tackle in free agency than spending draft picks on, because I think the first thing that we need to address is the offensive line, hands down. That's something that we should not pass on. And, you know, sitting there and looking at it, let's just say uh, Rashawn Slater falls to us. I would smash smash that draft i would you know we shouldn't even wait the the full amount of time we should have that that ballot in in about 30 seconds if he's still up. i don't care what trade it is i don't it, like that is who we need and then i would even think about taking christian darisol there i think that that's probably right around the range that he's going to go so uh, we need to make sure we get an offensive lineman in the first round of this draft and yeah both those guys you know, could be worth it essentially. Really if we don't get an offensive lineman in this draft, I'm literally just going to cry. Like, really quick, I do just want to touch on what you just said about uh, about the Alex Affair because Chase, I already knew that you were going to go offensive line, bro. Like I, I saw that at, like because like, <laughs> you were saying it the whole time. I was like, so he's going to have an offensive line breakdown. But when you guys, all, all everyone out there in the chat, we 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 we're we're naturally going to do this as as, as analysts, right? But when you guys are watching um, uh, Tony's film. Watch the way that he hand fights off the line, and he he is nasty. He's yeah. so quick. It's, it's it's literally from Floyd Mayweather, and then that Allen Iverson comparison. A lot of receivers, you'll notice that, that they kind of run like, like like they're on a basketball court. It's from a boom to, and he's ready to cross you up. And then that second move out, mm -hmm. it's he has one of the nastiest double moves ever. Uh, and he also uh, is great with his balance and his like low uh, play or uh, low level of play. So plays, essentially, yeah, he's, he's, he plays very close to the ground when it comes yep. to making some of these moves. So even if a defender does hit him, he doesn't go down because he can use his hands because he's literally crouching so low while making these these cuts and making these moves. And it is it is mind blowing. This player needs to end up with Washington, and yeah. I hope that we still have time to talk free agents because that's well, what I, I really want to. This is where it's going to depend on whether we get Kadarius Tony or not. Tony, I'm so, doing your move next week on my, my flag football game, just so you know. <laughs> I the guy that I was gonna say actually is Amon St. Brown. I think he I think from a slot, I think he would be a very good compliment to Terry. Like when I watch him, I just feel like their games would mix very well. And you know, look, there's a lot of really Tony and Ramonra are to are to me are two of the most fascinating. Their backgrounds. Tony was compared to Tebow at one point in his very first scrimmage um, with Florida because he was a quarterback coming out of high school. Um, he's just a, a there's a lot of interesting things. Jorge, free agency. There is um, there's room. There's you can bring in whoever you want. If you if they're going to bring in a big name skill position player, who's your best bet on who it is? Big names. Um... I don't know if I would I don't know if I'd say it was a big name per se, but his name has been dropped several times, and I I agree. Marvin Jones is the guy I want as my number two. Oh no! I, I, I look I, I look I don't want Aaron Jones. 
I don't want Kenyon Drake. I don't want Chris Carson. I definitely don't want Philip Lindsay. Um, you know, do we need Allen Robinson? Sure, everyone would love Allen Robinson, right? Allen. But, but teams gonna we're gonna get outbid with that. Um, you know, I I'd rather we, look. We have our one in McLaurin. I want to mm -hmm. solidify the other positions on that. What about Corvette, Corvette? Say that again. Mm -hmm. Also, Corvette, Corvette on this list. Juju. You think Juju you think Rivera is going to put up with that crap? Like, come on. No, I don't think I had. To, I had to do it. I want to see if I could at least get you to crack a smile <laughs> a little bit more. Oh, you got me. Don't worry. Um, look now. Like, sure, I'm, he's a very talented player, but uh, you know Rivera, as we had talked about earlier on. You know, he has a certain tone that he sets and he doesn't like certain things and whether it rubs you the wrong way, you know, it doesn't rub you the wrong way if you're winning. And so for right now, he's technically a division, you know, winning coach. So, <laughs> so take that for what it is. He want look, what, we're going to apologize for winning. I mean, he, he no, no, I told you they should apologize to us because they cost us a draft pick. Okay. <laughs> they cost us an opportunity to move up for Sewell. All right. <laughs> the the yeah. amount of draft capital I would have gotten rid of to move up and pick Sewell is insane. Um, what about um, uh, Mike Valverde here uh, at RFL Red Zone on Twitter? Ask is Cam Sims ready to bust out? Any love for Cam Sims? He yeah. acts like it. He acts like it. Um, no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know what it is. Like I, I feel like that's one of those players that I would have to sit down and I want to get to know off the field. I want to know more about off the field. And, and see how that contributes and translate into his game. Cause he played like when he goes up there and gets it, like he jumps out the gym, like, you know, and he, he catches with both hands, looks the ball in, like, yeah. you know, he, he does some really amazing things. I, 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 that, that's somebody I, I want to know more about. Yeah. Oh gosh. AGG. I'm so that's who I want to know about. And actually I didn't like the pick when we made it. I was not an AGG fan. So However, I he yeah. started to uh, impress me a little bit more. I, I mean, I just – I liked him. I thought he was cool, but I was like, mm -hmm. okay, like, you know, it's going to take him four years to develop and be able to contribute at what level. Like, But he, he did a little bit more than I expected him to do. It was a little bit unfortunate that he, uh, you know, he got hurt. But watching him play in college, I mean, everybody was like six inches shorter than him and, you know, didn't have the athletic profile. So it's pretty much – it looked like a college player playing up against high school kids, uh, you know, because of the, the level of play that he was at. I mean, at Liberty, watch, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just go back and watch the game. Was that? In my um, in, in my eighteen team, uh, sixty man roster league, can I cut Kelvin Harmon? I yeah. love Harmon. I love Harmon. Don't do it. Maybe Julio. <laughs> Maybe Julio. Yeah, yeah. Because he never got a shot. Like he's not going to get a shot. Do you remember <laughs> when the tight end? Well, say it again, Jorge. So especially he comes, he's coming off of the ACL injury, I believe, right? From yeah. season, so, so many injuries. Yeah, but that happened yeah. in the preseason, so you should have plenty of time. Well, not preseason, but offseason. Yeah. So you should have plenty of time to heal up. Uh, you know, I love Calvin Harmon. I, do you guys remember the reports that came out about him trying to put on weight to become a tight end? Hmm. No, don't. So I don't remember that. I have some connections. I have a couple it's connections in the Washington uh, organization. Uh, I have some I'm friends with some trainers and whatnot, and uh, they were talking about how he plays more like a tight end than he does an actual wide receiver. Yeah. And if you go back and watch his film, I was like, wait, he actually does. Like, this makes a lot of sense. So they were talking about trying to work men and play the slot role as a big slot receiver and eventually move him to tight end when Logan Thomas, you know, when they want to move on from Logan Thomas. But they love Logan Thomas over there. They love, love, yeah. love Logan Thomas. So sitting there and looking at it. Um, we'll talk so about Logan Thomas. So, and so uh, well, you could talk about the next Darren Waller, Kelvin Harmon, or Logan Thomas, either one. I mean, Bobby. I... Robbie, start with you. Tight end. So, so 
are, are, are the Hunter Henrys and such available at the tight end position? Yes. Um, I, 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 if it's not broke, like, like don't, like, I don't feel like we should run out there and fix it. Like, like we just fixed yeah. the Jordan Reed situation at this position. Leave this be. Let let let, let this let, let's ride the real the wheels off of this one until it falls off in, in regards to Logan Thomas. Uh, and that, that that that's that's really the best take I, I come up with in, in regards to that. I, I know a lot of Washington fans are like you wouldn't want to go and get Hunter Henry, dude. Like no, no, I'm, no, not, no. I, I'm not trying to make I'm not trying to have us make a lot of adjustments. Like if you notice, I think one of the biggest snares that you can probably take away from all three of us is we're not trying to make too many adjustments because we mm-hmm. we, all that we we have a gut feeling that this is working that there's something that something positive at work here. So let's not try and move too much around. I would do a fifth round pick for Njoku, maybe six. So we could go you know. 12 personnel though, right? I mean, we still keep Thomas though, right? Yeah, yeah we still keep okay. Thomas 100%. And then, you know, Thomas only has what, like he only signed a two or three year contract, Ooh. something like that. So yeah, he's only going to be with us for one more year, most likely, mm-hmm. unless he ends up showing out just like he did this past year. But I think we need to get another tight end ready because I don't want to be caught with our pants down essentially. Exactly. So either we're going to have to draft one later because this is a good tight end class or we need to go ahead and, and address it with a trade right now. And I think a fifth round pick for Njoku would be perfectly fine. Now, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 go, go ahead. If you want to talk yeah, about this, I still want to no, talk I'll, about I'll, my free agent. I still want to talk about my free agent. No, uh, I'll make it quick. I, I too am 100% on the Logan Thomas bandwagon. I think you look at the scheme coming from Carolina, you know, I think a tight end did pretty well there by the name of Greg Olson yep. in that offensive yeah. scheme. Uh, you look at what he's doing and look at what we did to end the season. You know, we talked about the quarterbacks that we could potentially see coming here, and I think one. Let's talk about that. You know, uh, Fitzpatrick. You know, who do, who's he throwing to? Who's throwing to Gasecki? Gasecki did all right for tight ends. Finished, I think, in the top ten. You look at um, Jameis Winston, Cameron Brait. I mean, you're looking at these options. Like whoever we get in here is known for targeting the tight end. I I feel I feel completely confident in Logan Thomas going forward, both in redraft and in dynasty. Uh, but that's just my take on that one. You, you were going to talk about your free agent? Yeah, Chase, Jorge, talk about your free agent. Corey, stop trying to force Ryan Fitzpatrick on us, okay? Stop it. No, stop it's right it's going to be a thing. It's hey, going to be a thing. I think it's going to be a thing. I really think it is. It's, hey, that is the most Washington thing that yeah. can ever happen. I now like, believe that's going to happen. Okay, so the Juju thing, you guys kind of scared me away from that because I really love Juju to Washington. And now you guys got okay, me a little okay. You're true. Like, you guys, like, that's true. Like, he didn't put up with the Josh Norman bullshit. Like he didn't put up with Cam. Well, he did put up with the Cam Newton bullshit. But that's his, you know, star quarterback. So of course he kind of had to. Yeah. I still think that we will make a bid for Juju. Uh, will it be the highest one? I'm not too sure. But we have plenty of salary cap space. I mean, he's only what 23, 24. I think he's 23. So I mean, being able yeah. to sign in a long term asset like that, who could help out a future quarterback, if we decide to go that route with a younger player, it's invaluable. So you know, you can't put a price on that. So I think we'll we'll do whatever it takes to get one of those younger guys. Now, what I really want to see isn't Allen Robinson, right? It's actually Chris Godwin making his way oh, to the creation market. God and winning his name. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris Godwin paired up with Terry McLaurin. Chris Godwin coming on the slot, and then we can we can alternate. We can have we can have Harbin. We can have Cam Sims. We can have Antonio Guinea Golden. We can play the hot hand at wide receiver too. But if we can lock in one of these younger wide receivers. And just have a duo of sick ass wide receivers for the next five years without having to pay him big time money. I mean, well, obviously we're paying one big time, hey. but you know, not both. Like, dude, that's that's a lock. Like, that's hey. a lot. Chase, but isn't it isn't it such a Dan Schneider thing to, to go, let me go in and break out my chat book really quick? <laughs> like, like, isn't that like, like tell me that's not a Dan Schneider move? Yeah. If, if, if Dan Schneider has the ability to get 
any of these receivers. Okay. And and the more people that are that are that are gonna be getting getting vaccinated, the more that, that we're increasing chances for fans to be in stands. What does Dan Schneider love? Money, fans in stands. He loves marketing. And what better way to market than to bring in a you already have a your 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 now th- third year wide wide receiver in McMorrin that you could put on the face of a ticket? Why not bring in another one in Chris Godwin? Like, like you're right, you're right. I love it. God and win in his name, put it together and let's go win. I don't think he'll make it a free agency, though. I really don't. Oh, I think they'll tag him before he does. Year. Yeah, he'll get a super bowl this year. I got a question for you guys, right? And, and Kevin, you can actually throw in on this one too. If you have the option, right, of seeing like Chris Godwin, Terry McLaurin, and then alternating that outside, you know, receivers with Antonio Gandy Golden, you know, Harmon, Cam yeah. Sims, or even if we draft a guy like what's his name? Seth Seth Williams is uh, you know, kind of like an outside receiver threat, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe in the third or fourth round. If we have like, you know, that type of scenario, or would you rather have Corey Davis, Kadarius Tony? And Terry McLaurin, because <laughs> I think that you said Corey Davis earlier, right? Like, yeah. so I actually like that's something that I've been thinking about. Like, we need a jump ball receiver, we need a possession guy, and that could be the the guy. Like, instead of using Terry McLaurin as a possession guy, although I still like him, you know, running the intermediate routes very similar to how DJ Moore operated. You already like, know what I'm going to say. <laughs> well, let's go to Corey. Yeah, that's how you care. I I'm not buying Corey Davis. I think he did well on a one year. Uh, you know, trial period where he was not his fifth year option was not picked up. Oh, all of a sudden he played really well. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to use that narrative, which gets overblown. I sure I can understand that one. Uh, no, I'd, I'd go with option one there, Chase, if I had to choose. Okay. Robbie, last word on that. That's why I would take him for that exact thinking right there. Exactly what Jorge just said. That's exactly why I'm taking it. Oh, they pass up on you fifth year option. Maybe you're just right now peaking. Right, all of a sudden, mm. you know what? Like, just come on, like, it's, we'll pay you cheap. Devontae Parker, two point oh. Oh, talk that ism, bro. But honestly, I don't think Devontae Parker is that great. I think he's good, but I don't think he's like you know yeah. great. But I mean, that's all. Like, Corey Davis is gonna what? What level contract is Corey Davis gonna command? Maybe one year prove it deal for ten million. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Because of exactly what Jorge said, that's exactly why I would make the move. Well, as my normal co-host, Matt Donnelly, would say, I can't see Tennessee letting their wide receiver one get away from Tennessee. So, <laughs> what about like Davis that? is probably exactly. not going anywhere. AJ Green, one-year deal. No. Oh, so, God, no. Don't do that to us, Chase, please. Dude, he's better option for, on a one-year deal. Is he better than Corey Davis, Jorge? He, has, he hasn't even practiced on a real NFL Which would you rather have? <laughs> Jorge. <laughs> Which one would you rather have for it? Look, the, the the upside is there with AJ Green, obviously. But the consistency in recent years has not been there. Which one would you rather have for it? I said AJ Green. I'd rather have AJ Green. <laughs> I, in the chat. So I, I would love to do like another 20 minutes of just naming names and having Jorge react to them. Because <laughs> his reactions have been hilarious. <laughs> I do what I can. I do what I can. And by the way, we did bring up Chris Carson earlier. I think that Chris Carson has a realistic chance to land with us, which scares the living hell out of me. I hate it. Get the rolling, rolling, rolling out the door. No, but there's a big chance. I mean, look at look at Ron Rivera running backs before Christian McCaffrey. I mean, we talk about Jonathan Stewart. Uh, we talk about uh, uh, what's his name, D'Angelo, D'Angelo Williams. They're kind of like bowling ball type running backs, very similar. But he always he's always had two. Mike Tolbert has played Mike a Tolbert, role. Yeah, you know, like I, I sat there and I went through it before the season, and I'm like, dude. Antonio Gibson is never 
going to have the role all to himself. Even if he is a three-down back, there's going to be some way that Ron Rivera is going to screw him over from becoming you know, a well, full-on three-down back that, that is going to be a top-five option. If you remember that, that that running back room at the beginning of the season you know, was completely convoluted. Like I was one of the analysts going on air constantly covering the team, and I was like, why do we have five running backs Like with my Peter Griffin face? Like, I don't know. I think we had eight. Bigger than eight at one point. Yeah, no, no, it was it was five because uh uh Geis, Love, um, Peterson, and then of course, uh, Peterson, Gibson, and McKay. Peyton Barber. Oh, Peyton Barber. Okay, so uh, there was no there there was there was. I'm telling you, I think we got up to eight at one point. It was insane. Did we have one of the P Ryan's? We had one of the P Ryan's for a hot second. He was he was already cut. Yeah, he had already got cut. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought it was eight, but either yeah, way, no, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's all good. No, it's still way too much. Sixty minutes. <laughs> and with that, no, we're not, gentlemen, we're not ending the show. We got more. That time. is a show. They're <laughs> <laughs> always football team. That's our team spotlight right there. So, look, one last time, we'll go back around the room. Chase, where can everybody find you, and what do you have going on? You guys can find me on Twitter, FF underscore Intervention. We're just blowing up over there, and it's been a blast. It's been so much fun. Uh, no, know, like, announce what you're doing this week. You got a big show this week. Oh yeah, I forgot. What am I thinking? <laughs> uh, we actually have a bunch of big shows going on. So we it's have be on our show. Yeah, well, we actually have yeah, we have Run Boys over there. We actually have Jason Moore over there at five o'clock. We have uh, uh, wow, I just had a brain fart. We we have a bunch of crazy shows. We got another one at eight. We got another one at, at Friday at five. It's been absolutely crazy. It's been insane. Um, Run Boys, Robbie. Yeah. Hit us up. What's going on? Where can we find you? And what do you have to promote? Get a lot. Got so much. Uh, Google me, Rumboys, uh, Rumboys.com. Literally just type Rumboys spelled with a Z, like you see it behind me. Um, and, and Google, like we pop up everywhere. Rumboys spelled with a Z, N E T, on social media. Rumboys Fancy Network on TikTok. Um, Chase is going to be on the Rumboys Fantasy Network. Actually, he has like a pretty big job Sunday. Like he's going to be like announcing like a musical guest and also doing some predictions. Like, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be. It's gonna be yeah, dope. Gonna be um, uh, we actually have. Uh, you guys get get a double dose of of, of join join our circle action um, all, throughout the, the course of Super Bowl weekend. Steffi will be with us Friday night for Run Boys After Dark, our Friday night show where we just you know bring you guys sports comedy. Um, you know the bars open. Everybody have a good time. It's for, it's for all the adults. You know, so put your kids down and come come have a good time. Um, and then Sunday is our Super Bowl kickoff party. We have live performances. We're going to be giving away uh, Run Boys merch, some Monkey Knife Fight merch, an autographed Chiefs jersey, mm-hmm. um, live live music. I think I already said that. Like, it's going to be a whole like three hour festival online. Like, so pull up, you know. I mean, you you say double dose of uh, join our circle is like extra Kool Aid. Is that kind of worth extra Kool Aid, baby? Extra cool. Okay. I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I think that analogy went over my head. I was like, yeah. Chase what? those. Chase those. Oh, God, man. Uh, it's been an adventure. Jorge. Uh, so you can catch all our content over at fantasyandframes.com. You know, as we're getting back into the swing of football, uh, we've been killing it with fantasy baseball. We cover two sports, actually. So the bullpen bros over there with Nate Markham, Aaron Pags, and Todd Barnes have been doing just tremendous work. Uh, head over to fantasyandframes.com. Check out all of our written content there, our articles, our rankings. Uh, check out our podcast. We've had guests like Joe Pesapia on, 
and Vlad Sedler and the fantasy baseball community. Again, football is just starting to crank up. Uh, we're excited for all the, the content we can provide, whether it's redraft, IDP, or dynasty. Uh, we're really excited. We can't wait to bring this all to you to enjoy. And, of course, we're really excited to interact with all you guys here tonight. Uh, Jorge, do you want to break down the uh, Nolan Arenado trade? I do not because I am not in the baseball. There's a reason why I deal with football. Those okay. guys, those guys are the baseball experts. Not hey, me. I got an article, rubboys.com. Y'all can go check out Dilly Dilly. There, there you go. Chase, um, let's uh, reset. Let, yeah, let me let me get a reset on that because I definitely was not expecting that. I didn't have any of my information up or anything. And we have so many shows going on. It's like, wait, what? Huh? What's going on? So, no, we, we do have Jason Moore from the Fantasy Footballers. They come on at 5 o'clock. And we also have uh, Ryan McDowell. He comes on at 8. That's going to be both on Wednesday. We have our game show on Thursday, of course, that's at seven o'clock. And then we have Joe Bryant from Football Guys coming on at four o'clock on Friday. And then, of course, Rum Boys Net will be on with them on Sunday. So, yeah, we got a big lineup. We got all like I'm looking at a list of names right now that I'm just like, okay, I, I need to get off here and go do some stuff, you know? <laughs> well, you're better than me. I'm just like, follow me and it's all posted. Right. <laughs> Check the pins. I, I truly genuinely appreciate all you guys for hopping on. Like this is a this is a great group to talk to. Um, and it's awesome to hear you guys talk about your favorite team. And you know, that's the the thing I've loved the most out of doing this series is just guys talking about everything that they love about their team and you know the different moves and you see the passion come out and you know it just gets back to talking about football. Obviously, we love fantasy football, but I love you know being able to talk about football. So um at you can find me at Calvin and Hobby. Make sure you follow the at Dynasty Vipers. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We have a lot of things going on too. We got a bunch of shows this week. We got Adam Rank. We got Bob Harris. Uh, we got Sal Pal tomorrow night. Um, there's a, a lot of exciting things. Uh, articles coming out. We got some new writers coming in. So uh, really cool. De check that out. DynastyVipers.com for Chase, for Robbie, for Jorge. Um, Jorge, do you want Jason Witten? Uh, he has a job already. He's now a high school football coach in Dallas. Greg Olson? No, I'm good. I'm okay, good. I was just going to toss out some more days. No, I understand what you're doing. I see what you're doing there. Right now. I appreciate that, Kellen. <laughs> <laughs> These guys, we out.